Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast. The podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're so welcome. It's a podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And tonight we are joined, being joined by not one, not two, but three awesome guests geek out over a topic we all love. So to say I'm excited is a dramatic understatement, Anthony Thomas Caruso. (laughs) For once, we are in one. 100% 100% agreement, Tom Crow. So, joining us tonight, let's kick it over to them to introduce themselves. I'm Batman. <laughs> I am Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar House. What are you picking up again? Uh, December 2nd, okay. week after Thanksgiving, I think. I'm Jerry D from Totally Rad Christmas. And we have a, we have a first-time guest. That's me, yeah. Uh, I am a first-time guest. Thanks for having me. I've been on the the um, Patreon, right? Patreon. Thank you. I was I couldn't think of the word, Tom. I've been on the Patreon, <laughs> and uh, now I'm on the main show. I'm Matt. I'm from the uh, Two Broke Geeks podcast, as well as the FBI's Most Unwanted. Yep. Are you an exile super geek? Indeed. Yes. Oh. Uh, the the uh, the the premise of the FBI's Most Unwanted, just in case, is uh, I'm uh, I'm a super geek as julia just said and my buddy justin had actually never seen it before and i had been looking and justin is my partner for two broke geeks and, and my best friend of like a dozen years or more at this point but anyway um <clears throat> i had been wanting to do an x-files podcast and i had had plans to do one with a, with a guy who was also a super geek but he turned out to be kind of a jerk and he ghosted me and <gasps> justin was like <laughs> i've never seen it but like I'll do it with you. And from that was birthed the, we are watching it one episode at a time and discussing it. You will have to have Julia on at some point because she is and a- subscribed. Okay. <laughs> I already apologize for everything about it. It's I apologize for all my shows all the time. I don't know why anybody listens. I'm just glad they do. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding off. I still haven't. I'm, I'm behind because I still haven't seen Suicide Squad and I don't want any spoilers. Um, oh, do you although... listen to me, Tom? You did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. I apologize. I, I listen. I listen to two broke geeks too. I apologize. <laughs> I, ha- I have. I haven't listened to. Uh, I haven't listened to FBI's Most Unwanted because my podcast listening has been dramatically cut back. Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest. I didn't put two and two together with who you were until you said two broke geeks. I was like, oh right. So nice. I appreciate yeah, that. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to, to hear you tell me why uh, Suicide Squad is terrible after I watch it. 
liked it. I'll spoil that much for you. Whoa! I like even, it. Even Earl. Jerry Dean it was enjoyable <laughs> compared it. to compared to the other one. It's, it was very enjoyable. Jerry, yeah. did you need to add that bit? Can't you just say I it did. was enjoyable? I did. I did. <laughs> I've heard so much. It was fun though. It really was just it. dumb, stupid fun. So. Like yeah, it is. Just, I yeah, exactly yeah. what Jerry said. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, it really um, is. I do want to point out for all those who like to joke that Jerry is a fourth elf, <laughs> something that lends credence to that theory is the fact that Matt's been on Patreon two or three times now, and Jerry has been on every episode with me and him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so he got to meet him multiple times before Tom and Julia did officially. And this, this is Tom and Julia's first time on a Disney podcast, podcast with a guest. Julia, we are going to get fired. <laughs> you know, literally, Julia will never be fired from anything. No. <laughs> and Tom, I, we're just gonna leave it at that. Like, no. And I was about to say, Tom, I'm recording, so I can't say how I really feel. But I would not. I would never <laughs> want to get rid of you. I'll say that. Oh okay. shucks! Make sure you cut this out. There is a person I work with at my job who was fired like four months ago and hasn't left. She just refuses to leave. <laughs> she's pulling a George. She's pulling a George. George. She's pulling a George. She's pulling a George. She's pulling a creep. She just won't from, go. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're going to put her in the basement, take her red swing line stapler. <laughs> Milton. We fixed liar. the glitch. all right so matt it is your first time on the show proper why don't you tell (laughs) listeners who may not be subscribed to patreon you told us a little bit about your show so tell us a bit about your love for christmas and everything like that sure um well i love christmas i'm in a modern christmas podcast so that probably should go without saying i always have um i am a uh, professional Santa Claus. No one on the Patreon right, or nobody on the uh, video call with me right now can tell because I don't have my garb on and my beard, but I am a professional Santa Claus at Christmas time. Um, <clears throat> been to a couple Santa Claus schools. I'm going back in uh, October, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and let's see, my favorite Christmas movie. Boy, that's really tough question uh the santa claus uh miracle on 34th street the original one not the remake uh muppet christmas carol uh i could probably keep going but i won't i think you pretty much <laughs> like trying to pick a favorite child uh-huh. <laughs> i think between those three movies you've made all of us happy with at least one of them so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you said muppets yeah. Yeah, the Muppets, you said the Santa Claus and Miracle Lot, then they're all good. All three are good for me. Even though I know Mike, Mike, I wanted to actually have you on to ask you about this for a while. The Santa Claus is one of my favorite movies. I was a little devastated when the Flintstones episode dropped and you were promoting it like the cave, the rough caveman who fell off the roof. No, we're not covering the Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) It's a guy who acts like a caveman and Santa Claus fell off his roof. (laughs) That's a Flintstone Uh, Christmas. I mean, it made me laugh, but at the same time, you really don't like that movie, do you? Right? No, I love that movie. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think you didn't. I don't know. Santa Claus is fine. 
<laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> you guys thought I didn't like it for a long time. I do. You even that. had like a bit later on. Tom made a couple of jokes. He I makes mean, a within... lot of jokes. <laughs> this one landed. Of this show, we've had a lot of Jerry bits. Not tonight, <laughs> he doesn't, Julia. Not tonight, because there's nothing funny about Batman. Which is a perfect segue, because tonight you're welcome. We we are covering four of the five Christmas episodes of the DC Animated Universe, including two from Batman the Animated Series, one from its sequel, The New Batman Adventures, and one from its spin-off sequel, Justice League. And the animated series focuses on the exploits of billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne, who wages a crusade against injustice in modern-day Gotham City as the superhero Batman. In case any of y'all listeners have lived under a rock since... I was going to say, Anthony, who are you explaining <laughs> Batman to? <laughs> the new Batman Adventures, it's a sequel. Uh, it had a lot of focus with Robin and Batgirl in that one. And then yeah. Justice League was the sequel to that one and Superman, the animated series Ooh. in which Batman joins the Justice League and the world expands <laughs> past Gotham a lot. So everyone knows mine, Tom, Julia's, and even Jerry's history with Batman in general. <laughs> yep. So let's, let's start off with Mike and Matt. What's your histories of Batman and Justice League in general and then specifically these TV shows? So... I mean, Michael. I'm wearing a Batman shirt. I've got Batman on my wedding ring, and my belt is a Batman belt. What do you think my history is? <laughs> wow. Um, well, I, can't I, uh, I was first introduced to Batman as a, a type. Like, my dad would rewatch, uh, my dad was alive in the era of Batman 66. It was a, it was a show he watched as a child, and we would get from time to time, uh, on Nick at Night or whatever, TV Land, they would have reruns of the old Batman TV show and we would pop in cassette tapes and record them so my dad and I could watch them together. There's pictures of me in Batman costumes and clothes and everything as a young child. Batman is my religion, pretty much. <laughs> um, I, I learned how to be a good person pretty much because of my parents and because of Batman. So, so, you, so you didn't grow up on the Frank Miller Batman then if you learned how to be a good person from that? Uh, not really. No, I didn't get into <laughs> Frank Miller until uh, much later. I grew up on, on cartoons and the animated Batman. In fact, there was a VHS of uh, Batman 89 in my home that I wasn't allowed to watch for many years, which is basically how it ended up becoming one of my favorite movies of all time because eventually it was like, how come I can't watch this thing that's Batman? And why is it rated PG-13? <laughs> yeah. Um, so is this a good time to bring up all the problematic themes with Batman? <laughs> Only if you're Todd. <laughs> uh, I mean... 
there, I mean, yeah, if you want to be that guy that's like, you know, uh, actually, if Bruce Wayne uh, just put some of his money into the city of Gotham instead of punching poor people in the face, there wouldn't be so much crime in Gotham City, actually, you know, for real. Like, and every it's like, day never, never. some idiot tweets that out. <laughs> I know, every like, it's like a monthly thing that somebody says that. I'm like, you don't understand. It, you, you've never read a, a Batman comic if you think Bruce Wayne doesn't give any money back. <laughs> Mike, how about you? What's your history with Batman and these cartoons? And Oh, Batman in general has just always been around in my life. I have very early memories of watching Challenge of the Super Friends and Scooby-Doo yeah. episodes where Batman and Robin hang out. And as an eight-year-old boy in the summer of 1989, I was all in on Batmania. And when the animated series debuted, I very quickly latched onto that one. Uh, I still caught the new Batman adventures fairly regularly. I was in college by then, but I have faint memories of just late nights and it being on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Justice League was one I watched less of, but the episode we'll be talking about later is a standout for me, despite mm-hmm. Batman not even being in it. But yeah. we'll get there. Yep, two seconds. Jerry, how about you? Without with oh, Batman, you guys, we know your history with Batman. I was like, about to say, you guys know about cartoons. Batman. <laughs> uh, with the cartoons, so I remember, of course, uh, when Batman 89 came out and it was like amazing. And uh, so, <laughs> okay, so my, my parents gave us a choice. We could see Batman or we could see Ghostbusters 2. So, of course, I chose Batman and it was me and my youngest brother and my dad and my mom and, and the middle brother went to go see Ghostbusters 2. So then the next weekend, they were going to go back to see Batman because my the middle brother, you know, David hadn't seen it yet. So I was like, well, I want to go see Batman. So I went to see it again and uh, it it was still awesome. So, uh, you know, I was super <laughs> excited when I heard that a cartoon was coming out and that it was going to, you know, have music that's similar to Danny Elfman and the Batmobile you know, style was uh, similar to Tim Burton's Batmobile, which is still the greatest Batmobile ever. Um, so I was like super jazzed. Um, and I, I, the only thing I didn't like really about it was its art style. Cause you know, I grew up with like GI Joe, Transformers, Thundercats. And so when they kind of went to this more cartoony style, I kind of didn't really like that as much. Although I noticed in general, just art was going that direction, like with Ren and Stimpy and, mm-hmm. you know, Beavis and Butthead and all that anyway. But I, I loved it. The, the storylines were amazing. Um, I, when the new adventures came out, I kind of missed that one a little bit more because uh, I mean, band, you know, so I, I just kind of missed a lot of that. And then Justice League, I saw m- most of the first season. Um, I was in, in college around that time. And uh, so I got to see a lot of that, but not all of it. And it wasn't until later on when Sam Goody had like a, they were going out of business and they had like a buy the whole series for like 20 bucks kind of thing. And so <laughs> I did that and binged it and it was awesome. And so I've seen that show like maybe about, seven times through all the way something like that maybe more i don't even know um but yeah i mean I've, of course you know i love batman so julia how about you um so the only one i'm really familiar with is batman the animated series it would be on right either after school if i'm remembering that correctly or maybe it is the weekends i can't put the timing on it but it was one of those i wouldn't seek out to stay consistent with watching all of the episodes because I am not as huge of a Batman fan as I was other things at that time. Um, So while I would make it a point to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I would not make it a point to watch Batman. Um, But if it was ever on, I never turned it off. Um, I always really liked the way that it looked 
and watching these, even though I was really only familiar with the first ones and not even the episode specifically, but watching these and the aesthetic of them took me right back to the nineties. And that just made me all kinds of happy. And I showed Marty and I was like, did you ever watch this? I held my phone up and he's like, Oh, I remember that. So <laughs> that was fun. And I could sit and watch any of these today and enjoy them. So even though I just dabble a little bit in the Batman, it's, it's always enjoyable. So Tom, how about you? Um, Batman, the animated series was at the prime. I was the prime target demographic for that. Uh, it was what, like uh, 90, early 90s. So I was, you know, 10 to 15 when it came out and I loved it. I'm with, with Jerry, that Batmobile was amazing. That is, you know, still typically what I think of when I think of the Batmobile. Um, I love how long it is. It is it's ridiculously long. <laughs> it's ridiculously long. It looks overtly <laughs> phallic now, but it's so incredible. <laughs> cool. I, um, I, uh, I would venture to say this is probably my favorite Batman that like, like my favorite movie TV show, Batman out. Um, it's, it's the best non-car comic batman for me uh and i'm not good with the words apparently uh, i really liked it um i followed through i i noticed on this the same thing i noticed when i was younger i progressively disliked the artwork with with each adaptation and and mm -hmm. remake by the time i got to the justice league i didn't watch it i didn't i just the the, the artwork was is so offensive to my senses that i can't stand it I hear you, bro. So the Justice League artwork didn't bother me. The new Adventures of Batman, though, that artwork did bother me. Right? Yeah. Because that is essentially yeah. a sequel. And, like, they changed all the designs up, except they Batman did. himself, really. Batman, <laughs> Batman's the only one that, that looks really good. Like, Joker, this. why change him? Why change him? Yeah. He was I so... still don't understand. I'm like, oh, this is the Joker where his eyes are like negatives of themselves. Yeah, all, he's, all he's blue. That's right. All of a sudden his sclera oh, are black yeah. and his pupils yeah. are white. And right. you're just like, what? And he's in <laughs> his hair's like not. I mean, his hair was like never black. all that green in the first place. Like it's black with like a green stripe. But the redesign is it's black with an even darker green stripe. It's like, what is that? Yeah, it looks and his like skin is like bluish. <laughs> it's like a bluish gray skin. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I think for me, the thing I disliked more was though, like the entire, like the artistic style that they used, the way cartoons were developing at the time, right? Like, that, yeah. That See, to me, that's cartoon. what cartoons look like because that was all the cartoons I was watching at the time. So to me, like, that's like now I look at cartoons and I'm like an old man. I'm like, what are they doing? Why is everything so ugly? <laughs> yeah. The first animated series, I'm going to jump in with Julia and I really, really like that aesthetic and that art style. Yep. But when they changed it up with the new adventures, it was like it, you saw that was the beginning of it going down this sort of more cartoony than it needs to be for Batman. Especially yeah. like the Batman that was established by Tim Burton in '89, like that was a style, and yeah. this was getting away with that from that. And style. I wonder if a and lot of that was followed just followed suit. Yeah, well, you're right about that. But I wonder if a lot of the simplification of the art was just for, um, you know, to like like time purposes, you know, just to, oh, so we can get it done. Was. Budget yeah. purposes. It definitely looks yeah. like like Batman on a budget. Time and budget. <laughs> yeah, and to and to match up more with. Um, 
Superman the Animated Series, which had a, a slightly different art style as well. But yep. They wanted them to blend mm. so they could make the Justice League cartoon. And uh, Superman, again, was a, a time and budget thing. So it's like so- when they switched from uh, the, the first batch of Batman the Animated Series episodes were animated on a black background, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. the colors really pop. Versus right. then later on, again, for time and budget, they went to animating on a white paper instead of because they were still hand drawn at the time and hand animated. So they originally did black paper and then they went to white paper instead because the black paper was more expensive. Remember when things were hand drawn? That was mm. cool. That's why I love the cartoons <laughs> on paper, one I sheet know. at a time, kids. <laughs> Given my age at the time, this was my Batman. This was my introduction to Batman. Yeah. This in '66, and uh, so this informed all of my Batman sensibilities. Batman the animated series, and Tom, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. <gasps> Shocker that this mm. is to me the best adaptation of batman like kevin conroy and mark hamill are batman and the joker batman and joker yeah and nobody nobody michael king comes the closest but kevin conroy still has the best batman voice out of everyone who's played batman i i loved it like julia when i was sitting here watching it it transported me right back to like it's been a while Mm -hmm. since i've watched these episodes and just the series in general and Mm -hmm. i loved it it was such a nostalgia trip then yeah you didn't really see it in these episodes but this really cemented in my mind that batman is better in a long form series than like an individual like movies or whatever you know a lot of his characters work better long form like two-face and harley quinn and mm. all those characters who start out good guys and turn bad and just bruce wayne himself like right adopting robin and then batgirl and then robin becoming nightwing and it just it's much better long form and i i'm still waiting for the day hbo does a live action batman yeah i wouldn't mind a daredevil-esque you know like netflix's daredevil-esque show uh with batman i mean i think that could be really really cool and of course it would probably be just as brutal (laughs) and bloody they could make another one of these yeah yeah they are well, yeah, the yeah. Kid Crusader is coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. is that which, okay? Which Matt Reeves, J.J. Abrams, and Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim are producing together. Mm-hmm. So th- these episodes combined have a large cast. I'm just going to th- run through them really quick. Kevin Conroy is Batman and Bruce Wayne. He's the most iconic Batman and Bruce Wayne. He's played him. He played him for. He only Longer just retired a few years ago, right? Officially officially even though i think he's come back and since then yeah uh you throw enough money at him anyway right (laughs) (laughs) um same with mark hamill and the joker i mean that guy has the perfect joker voice he's incredible in the role and he kind of and it's funny because he kind of uses that same voice when he played the trickster Mm -hmm. on the flash series in like what was it 91 (laughs) yep 1991 uh, something like that and it's he's playing the trickster almost as if he's the joke uh, you know the joker it's yeah it's bizarre but i mean it's he the same, has the same, the same thing. voice as skeletor in the new he-man series too a <laughs> little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> bob hastings plays commissioner gordon lauren lester played dick grayson slash robin in the first episode 
uh, we're going to cover tonight. And then Matthew Valencia took over the role. Clive, what were you going to Matthew Valencia was the Tim Drake Robin. Yeah, I was going to say, he uh, played a totally different Robin. So I got to wonder, what are your thoughts? What what do you all think about Tim Drake versus Dick Grayson? Tim Drake Drake has always been my favorite. Yeah. Really? Oh, man, I'm I'm a Dick Grayson guy. Dick Grayson to me is Nightwing. Dick Grayson's Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jason well, yeah. Todd is Red but Hood and Tim Drake he was is a Robin. Robin. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I grew up on Dick Grayson Robin, so that's the first one I think of. But Tim Drake is very quickly the second one because of this new Batman Adventures. That's what introduced me to Tim Drake. This this episode actually is what introduced me to Tim Drake. I'm like, oh, that, that's a different guy. <laughs> Clive Revel plays Alfred in Christmas with the Joker, and then Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. plays him going forward. Robert Robert Costanzo plays Detective Bullock. Mary Devon plays Summer Gleason. Leanne Schreimer plays Renee Montoya. Tara hmm. Cherendoff plays Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. Ron Perlman, yes, that Ron Perlman did the voice of Clayface. Yeah. Arlene Sorkin plays Harley Quinn. She still does her to this day, I think. Uh, except except no. in the HBO series. Uh, no, I believe Arlene Sorkin is not Harley Quinn anywhere. It's Tara Strong now. I believe Arlene Sorkin is dead. Well, oh, well this oh. Tara Charendorf, who is Barbara Gordon, is it, that's her maiden name. She uh, Tara Strong's her married name, and she took over uh, for Harley at some point, I think, during the new adventures. Continuing the tradition of the most under-researched podcast out there. <laughs> <laughs> Same lady. She's excellent. She is excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tara Strong in general just has a prolific yeah. voice voice acting career. Oh, yeah. 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 She's a rock star. Um, Diane Pershing plays Poison Ivy. Speaking of looks, redesigns, I hate. That's one of them. Um, George Newbern plays Clark Kent slash Superman. Cara Lumbly plays Joan Johns slash Martian Manhunter. Maria Canals plays Hawkgirl. Phil Lamar plays Jon Stewart slash Green Lantern. Michael Rosenbaum plays Wally West slash The Flash. And DC mm-hmm. fans will know him as Lex Luthor in Smallville. I had no idea that was The Flash until much, much, much later. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea he was doing The Flash. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, by the way, because I grew up on this series, this is always my Justice League lineup. Like, my Green oh. Lantern was always Jon Stewart, and my Flash was always okay. Wally West. I dig it. Uh, but... It's definitely not mine. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean it's a weird like John Stewart's literally like in the comics, he's literally like the most boring Green Lantern. Like, like so I'm a Hal Jordan guy. And yep, me too. I'd rather have I'd rather have Aquaman than Hot Girl. Yeah. But I get why they used him. And, yeah, and they too. had and it was great writing, so I can't say anything. But um Mike Farrell plays Jonathan Kent. Shelly Fabaris plays Martha Kent, and Ian Buchanan plays Ultra Human Knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, why don't we jump into the first episode? This episode is going to be really easy because we have guests to walk us through each episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we roll on this show. Pass off all the <laughs> Uh, so, Mike, why don't you take it away with this first episode we're going to cover? 
Sure, this is uh, Christmas with the Joker. Uh, Production-wise, it's it's the second episode ever produced. I don't know what order it was in, but it first aired November 13th, 1992. And the plot synopsis is as follows. Robin would like nothing better than to show Batman It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. However, their broadcast gets interrupted when the Joker escapes from Arkham Asylum to put on his own murderous game show, leading the dynamic duo to embark on a series of rescue missions to ensure that Gotham City has a safe and merry Christmas. I would like to start out by saying everyone knows my feelings on It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, they're very wrong, but okay. You could never get past the title? I <laughs> could never get past the title. Batman moments ever is when yeah. Bruce Wayne, of, I've never seen it, couldn't get past the title. That is the best line of this episode. It's so I Batman. Agree, yep. it's, Who am I to love... argue with Batman, though, that It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> is shown I... at Christmas? He's not arguing that it's not a Christmas movie. He's saying he's literally never seen it because he doesn't like the title. He is, yeah. I love curmudgeon-y, scroogey Batman. And <laughs> I love just like Robin yeah. filled with joy. This is my first... Ex- this was the first time I saw... It. It's a very different Robin from the one that I was grown up with, the Casey Kasem. Yeah. Holy Trinity Batman. <laughs> <laughs> So this this animated series brought us a very different Robin, and I really enjoyed this kind of turn toward this character of him. Um, and this episode in particular, he he still has that sort of optimism about him, despite everything yeah. he's going through. But he's not, without he's being not a Nightwing little too, yet, yeah, he's <laughs> not Nightwing yet. He still has that cheerful side to him, but he's also a realist, and he also has to you know put up with. But just the two of them in this episode bickering back and forth almost <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Great dynamic. You know, we've never actually seen a proper proper Robin in live action, like on the big screen. I mean, you could argue on the 60s TV show. But I mean, Robin in the comics is a kid. And the animated series shows him as a kid, which makes for an interesting dynamic. Batman as the father figure. And that's always my, that's my favorite dynamic when it comes to Batman and Robin, because, you know, Batman didn't have a father himself. He had Alfred, who, you know, became his um, surrogate surrogate father. But I mean, you know, that's all I just love Batman roping this kid into crime fighting. And that's always a good point of contention, contention between him and Gordon too. Like Gordon thinks it's really irresponsible for him to drag this kid into what they do. So I always thought it made for an interesting dynamic between all the characters. And I hope one day to see it in live action. Although I don't think we'll ever get a like 12 year old Robin in live action. I don't think WB will ever do that. It's no, and thing. I mean, re, under 15 and you have to pay for a tutor as well every day on set. And so, I mean, they're cast in older, like, I mean, all the time. That's just, that's just how it goes. I'd still love to see a teenage one at the very least, like one who's still in school. No? Like high school that. age, which is what, yeah, I, yeah which I think is what I think they're going with in, yeah. in this animated series. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So I know... 
uh, Mike has some very interesting info about this first scene, specifically the famous song. Oh, Jingle let's Bells. talk about Jingle Bells Batman <laughs> Smells. Y'all heard that growing up, right? Before watching oh, yeah. this episode as a kid? Yes. Yep. Yes. Even Anthony. Like, Anthony was the one I thought, okay, maybe because of his age, he might have heard it in this one first. But no, you heard it before this? I, yes. I heard it before this, yeah. Okay. On The Simpsons? No, my pet, my, well, because I was always a Batman fan since like birth. So, like, growing up, like, okay. you know, to get my parents to me to laugh, my parents would sing this version to me. Okay, good. Oh, your parents, yeah. good parents. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> I've heard people younger than I am claiming it was from this or from The Simpsons that did nope. it uh, in their first episode. But, but I had heard it before in on the playground. And here, even Mark Hamill later said he heard this song as a kid in the 60s. So. Uh, 15 years ago now, somebody on the internet crowdsourced the origin <laughs> of this song on in a blog post, and it was ultimately determined that it was definitely from the 60s at the latest, uh, and it very likely spread around schoolyards by military kids who moved around the country, so that's how... That's how things used to get viral uh, when we were kids, and even before <laughs> we were kids. Yeah, because I totally heard this because uh, I remember when, when Joker sang it, I was like, hey, he's singing the song. I know that yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's I, there's something special about hearing Mark Hamill sing it in the Joker voice <laughs> oh, while locked and up in Markham Asylum. It's that final line that sells it for me. And the Joker got away. away. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one when I realized, wait a minute, Luke Skywalker's the Joker yeah. that blew my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's like, Mark Hamill? No. I, I love how by the way, goofy, like this Joker is not afraid to lead into the theatrics or the jokes. Like he has a freaking rocket ship Christmas tree. He crashes yeah, through that's the, it, it starts right out with a moment where you go, uh, wait, how yeah. did he manage in <laughs> yeah. Arkham Asylum to build a rocket powered Christmas tree? Okay. That's, that's every Batman villain though. It's just, they sure. Yeah. Yeah. But of all people, like in the movie, Joker's asking, where does he get these wonderful toys? This Joker's building rockets into Christmas trees to escape from asylum. In, in the, the asylum. asylum. He's not even building them outside. You know, you haven't it. lived if you haven't built a Christmas tree rocket in an asylum, man. <laughs> yes. I was a little concerned for his head, though, when he put the battery source on his head. As he took off. They first. <laughs> yeah but that's it oh, i love this uh characterization of the joker because he is funny but he's also like as we see as this episode goes on he is he's like he is he's pretty demented yeah he, he's he's talking to he's literally hosting a tv show with his hand <laughs> <laughs> trying to blow up a train full of people on christmas Eve. <laughs> i love blowing up bridges <laughs> <laughs> like when that newscaster is saying, "Please, my mom's on the train," and I forget what the quippy comes back with, like, "Oh, I'll make it more fun" or something like that. Yeah, it'll be more fun when the train crashes and <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yep. Uh, he, he's so fun. Oh, like. Although I did get Superman vibes from that scene when you know when she said that, you know when uh, Lex, my mom lives in 
Where's this? That <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, Hoboken. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so after the Joker escapes, he interrupts Robin and Batman's Christmas Eve meal. I love that they're sitting on complete opposite ends of this long table in, <laughs> yep. one, in lonely Wayne Manor. Which uh, is, again, a, a reference to Batman, to Batman 89. It's a cult, you yeah. With pass the salt? <laughs> <laughs> How's the uh, soup? What? <laughs> but it's such, a, it's such a Batman thing to me. He wouldn't want to enjoy Christmas. He'd rather be out on patrol. He can't rest. So yeah. I well, love, It's also I, wonderful that when he's on patrol, there's nothing for him to do. Like, he mm-hmm. can't even believe it. And Robin is like, come on, Batman. Even scum has family. <laughs> the Joker has no family. <laughs> but I, I love that little moment, right, where he sees this guy running after the old lady and he swoops down to take him out. But this guy just oh, yeah. picks up the fallen gift and he's like, here you go, man. You dropped it. You dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, see but this also reminded me of uh gosh i think it was a comic from 1970 do you remember tom when like and they end up it's like batman and and the the police end up singing christmas carols like all night long there's like no crime christmas eve and next thing you know it's like morning and they're like wow like we went the whole night not a single call and so it kind of reminds me of that how everybody's just uh you know i mean it's pretty i mean except for the joker but it's pretty okay you know mm-hmm. so, silent night of batman maybe it's that one yeah i love the timeless look of this gotham too like they have the old-fashioned like police blimps and like it looks like the wardrobe of like the old pulpy detective movies but there is yeah. obviously modern technology with batman and the rest of them well that's that's kind of the line that they walked in in Batman and Batman Returns as well. You know, it's like there's like a very 40s kind of aesthetic, and yet it's also very 80s at the same time. Like they just kind of merged it together into this quasi, uh, I mean, I don't even know, uh, noir maybe mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know Tom, as Mr. Tech Guru, probably appreciated Batman's high-tech hacking uh computer skills when he's been pointing to Joker's <laughs> location on the grid. It, it did make me laugh. It did make me laugh. We all know Kill. that in movies, when you want to hack something, you just pound on the keyboard a lot and type <laughs> lots of things and, and say, true. oh, they got a, they got a, they got a firewall. I, I, I'm almost through. I'm all, I do, do, just need another <laughs> second. Hang on. I'm almost there. And just pound on the keyboard and, and that's Kill. hacking. I, mean, I love it. I loved it in what was, I think, Law and Order. No, it was an NCIS. There are two people hacking on one keyboard. <laughs> Did you ever sell that? That's my favorite no. by far. That's awesome. <laughs> like I two did. people sharing a piano. Yeah. yeah. Keyboard forehand. <laughs> <laughs> but Joker basically has no master plan except he's going to kill Corden and Bullock and summer at midnight he just wants yeah. to play this game with batman yeah basically he's he's lonely on christmas <clears throat> eve too because he also doesn't have yeah. a family so he stole his own lawful family i love that he dressed bullock up like a baby too <laughs> like a baby yeah he's... <laughs> joker is also he had to we don't see him hijacking the airwaves but he loves 
pirate radio, man. He does. Yeah, he does. He's, yeah, he's he good does. at it, too. He does it in movie. He does it in, mm-hmm. I think, every movie he's He did it in. in his very first appearance. Yeah. The yeah. Joker was announcing who he was going to kill on the radio at uh, certain times. Um, I I love the runaway train scene. That seemed very, that's like um, that that was classic Batman to me. Like, <laughs> you can't stop. go wrong with the runaway train. Nope. And then, of course, Joker has a giant Jack in the Box with his face that talks to <laughs> Batman for like three minutes with his mouth moving and everything. <laughs> Which again, you wonder where does he get those wonderful, wonderful toys? Right. <laughs> this took a lot of planning because he sets that up here. He sets something else. Oh no, it's inside, inside the uh, the the radio tower. When Robin busts in there, it's like all these Joker machine guns yeah. shaped like him, and they're all. It's like a recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well that's like uh joker's little voice box from the end of batman 89 yeah, yeah. Washed oh, on the wow, pavement yeah. and it just keeps going so many times trying to copy it <laughs> you wouldn't hear a guy with glasses would you <laughs> um but <laughs> I do love though that um, you know once they apprehend the Joker and send him back to the asylum, Batman and Robin have their nice quiet Christmas Eve at home, putting on "It's a Wonderful Life" or finishing "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Because Batman remarks the movie wasn't so bad or something, right? Right. Yeah, we cut to the end title card. (laughs) Yep. Which no comment. I'm not going to publicly disagree with Batman and give Todd Killian more ammo. uh, (laughs) No, he said it has its moments. (laughs) It has its moments. I think there you go. But right before he right before he gets the Joker, uh, another one of my favorite scenes in this is that Joker gives him a Christmas present, which Batman stupidly opens, and it's a pie in the face. But they spend like ten whole seconds just animating Batman taking all of this whipped cream off of himself. I'm like that's a lot of screen time to spend on watching Batman get all this, and they just have Mark Hamill like cracking up. And I think at one point he goes, I can't stand it. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's great stalling for time there. I, yeah, I th- that's love- how you know they were running short. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> but it worked so well. Yeah. <laughs> I did love, Robin had a few lines that were reminiscent of the 60s, Robin for me. Like when they're being attacked by the toy planes and Batman's like knocking them down with a baseball bat. He's like, well, they don't call you a Batman for nothing. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And that just reminded me, that seemed like a very 60s, 60s uh, yep. pun. But, mm-hmm. and, and then I loved at the end when Joker <laughs> is locked in Arkham Asylum again. It's just like a continuation of the beginning. He's still singing uh, Christmas carols in his padded cell in his straight jacket, laughing yeah. hysterically. And I love that. Would you call this one a proper Christmas episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I would, yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Did it have a Linus moment? Nope. Uh, maybe Batman watching It's a Wonderful Life. Well, we don't. Batman know. did change his, but he did have a change of heart. He All he did it was a, admit that it, it said, had its moments. That's <laughs> barely Bat- a change of heart. Eh, but I mean, isn't that, that is, a big for change Batman? For Batman. That might, 
<laughs> for this That's era, as Batman. Close to a post-crisis Batman. Batman yeah. Gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I guess it counts. It's a it's a stretch. But yeah. I'll, I'll allow yeah. it because I I did love this episode overall. This episode, to Mike's point earlier, like this is one of the first ones I ever saw. I think, and this, or I think so it's Mark one, Hamill's favorite episode that he did as Joker, wasn't it? Was it? He maybe. Sure. I think I read that somewhere. By the way, I loved when Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill provided infinite joy for me over the past few years when he would read a certain former president's tweets in the voice of the Joker and take videos. it was Obama, right? It was Obama. It was Obama. It was Obama. <laughs> it was Obama. Okay. It was Obama. It was Obama. Yeah. According according to IMDb, Mark Hamill has admitted this is his favorite episode of his as the Joker. Nice. Hey, all right. I mean, it's a fun one. He's a Christmas fan. Let's get him on. Let's get him on the show. Oh, could you imagine? (laughs) That'd be awesome. You'd have to bring us all back for that. (laughs) We won't even ask you about the Star Wars holiday special. (laughs) On a scale of one to ten, what would you grade this one? This one is a nine. Yeah, it's a nine for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I was going with a nine as well. Who am I to argue? So until Julia comes back, it's a nine. We're gonna. By the way, sweet Julia for a bit. Kind baby. Yes. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey! Jingle bells, Batman smells. Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away. I was going to assign the next episode to Matt until he made his feelings on this episode very clear in a Facebook group message. So, Jerry, why don't you introduce the next episode and walk us through this one? <laughs> oh, man, I got stuck with this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's season two, episode two, A Bullet for Bullock. Um, first aired September 14th. Oh, Feast of the Holy Cross or the Exaltation of the Cross, uh, 1995. Hey. The and elevation the, of the precious and life-giving cross. If you're if you're Byzantine, but for us also, Romans, it's just an exaltation also, of the Holy Cross is, is also fine. Also, Tom's birthday. Yes, oh, I yay. did know that. Oh, that's way more important. <laughs> so happy birthday. You were, what, 14? You turned 14 when this aired. 14th on 14th. Woo! You're golden. Um, so the plot synopsis is as follows. Someone has put a hit on Gotham City's toughest cop, Harvey Bullock. After surviving several near misses, Bullock realizes that he has no choice but to reluctantly ask Batman to help him discover who is behind the murder attempts. During their investigation, Bullock learns that his gruff and mean-spirited manner has created enemies in the unlikeliest of people. Spoiler alert, uh, Matt, Matt, let's let's pose a question to you first. Is this a Christmas episode? Nope. It's it's literally set after Christmas, you can see people taking Christmas decorations down in the episode, and they mention more than once that it's not quite New Year's yet. I was very confused about why we were covering this. Episode. As was I, Tom, and I let I, I, I will t- I will tell you why because I rely on everybody's favorite and most reliable source on the internet, internet Wikipedia, and when I. <laughs> <laughs> and when I Wikipedia Batman the Animated Series Christmas episodes, <laughs> this one came up. I didn't well, fact I check mean, before I added it. 
It's Christmas. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, we, we have several Catholics here. It's still Christmas. It's you know, in the octave, octave of Christmas. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's uh, it's during the, the 12 traditional days 12 days of Christmas. Yes. Sure. Yeah. It, it is. But it is, yeah, it's, it's after Christmas Day proper. But it's, right? it's yes. It's, okay, I forgot very, this was rotten, a Christmas episode. Rotten Tomatoes time. very clearly states this is not a Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to ask you this, Matt, because you're a professional Santa. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say the week be- between Christmas and New Year's, you're still watching Christmas movies and specials on TV? Oh, I, 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 to me, it's Christmas until uh, to me, it's Christmas until after. Um, yeah, to me, it's Christmas until uh, after New Year's, basically. But in this episode, you can tell that the people in Gotham City don't <laughs> think it's Christmas anymore because they're taking their Christmas decorations down. <laughs> I had, I, that reminds me, I had a friend growing up, and uh, so like they would open their presents Christmas morning, and then her dad used to say, Yase chingo Christmas, <laughs> which uh, I won't translate because uh, this is still a family-friendly show, but essentially uh, it basically means Christmas is over. Yeah. Okay. Well then. They, but <laughs> if it had Christmas elements, I would be more on board because we all know Christmas doesn't end until January sixth. There was a nice Actually, snowfall though. Candlemas. Nice... Well, in the West. In the West, February second. Boom. So, so Jerry, why don't you walk us through this episode? Essentially. So. Basically, someone's trying to kill Bullock, Harvey Bullock, who's mean and gruff and apparently has roaches in his apartment now. He's a slob. And uh, he... Kind of has it coming. He does, yeah. He's a, he's pretty much a jerk. I mean, and in the comics, he was a jerk, too. And uh, everyone said he was, like, a great cop, but it's one of those where, like, they knew he had ties to organized crime. They knew he would rough up perps, stuff like that. But anyway, so... Um, um. For for listeners who don't who don't know the character, uh, Alfred describes him best in this episode when he says Harvey Bullock, the detective who looks like an unmade bed. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a, a good line. <laughs> it is a good line. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he flashes the bat signal to call Batman. Of course, Batman responds because he thinks it's you know it's Gordon. Uh, spoilers, it's not. And so Bullock is like, hey, you know. I need help. I think someone's trying to kill me. And so Batman kind of starts tracking down various leads. He sends Harvey to track down some leads as well. And in the end, um, after taking down, a, a, I guess, a drug lord. I don't I, Right. It was drugs that he was it doing. Was drugs. 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 Yeah. 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 So uh, after, after taking a drug down, a drug lord who they thought it was, uh, Batman still has a nagging feeling. And he was right. <laughs> it turns out it was his landlord. It was a uh, Bullock's landlord that was responsible for everything. <laughs> so, so this uh, because a... because because of roaches. Bullock was a slob. a slob. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I guess he was under rent control or something, so they couldn't do anything. About this <laughs> he couldn't get, he couldn't get him out. Yeah. All, all, all of this for rent control. <laughs> Not only was it not uh, a a good, not only was it not a good Christmas episode, it wasn't even a good episode of Batman the Animated Series. Was, the plot, no. the plot is really dumb. Like it is an awful, <laughs> awful plot. And a character we couldn't it. care less about. Who probably, I mean, if he got shot. Okay. Whoa. whoa. I'm gonna. I, 
I liked Bullock as a character on the yeah. show overall. I, oh, I agree. This wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, the perk of this episode for me is it is not often because Bullock hates Batman for our listeners out there. Right. Yeah. 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 So I did, I did like him being reluctantly forced to rely on him because he needs his help. He, he there's somebody's out to get him, and he knows, according to Gordon, Batman's one of the good guys and is good at what he does. So I like the that dynamic, and how Bullock couldn't even bring himself to say good things about Batman. Working, with yeah, him. he kept like, calling him like freak and freak, and, stuff. and you don't have to hold my hand. And hey, you don't give me orders around here and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. <clears throat> it's like dude you asked him for help like come on now but yeah but yeah i i will agree this one is not a great episode of the animated series it doesn't have any of the traditional villains we all know and love it's not a good christmas episode uh this one is just overall plot to me too yeah and even when i uh when i watched oh. it again this time and i had forgotten about it and like immediately when the landlord showed up i'm like oh yeah it's him yeah <laughs> same like he had to, like they they freeze on his angry face when bullock like tracks dirt into the hallway when he comes home i'm just like oh yeah that's it it's just, <laughs> apparently this episode won an emmy for outstanding music direction and composition i'll say this the music throughout these batman episodes is pretty great oh yeah the music, i love the you, swelling score in all of these episodes yeah you could just yes. pick one Yep. Yeah, Shirley Walker good. used to do a lot of this music, uh, which is kind of cool because she also did the Flash show back in 1990 or, or 91, yep. whenever it was. I, I can never remember. Um, and so she like studied with Danny Elfman. She would like do some of his orchestrations. So she had that like Danny Elfman style down right. really, really well. Yeah. Uh, but I think this one was actually done by Harvey Cohen. Um, or. I think he did a lot of the jazz bits in this because they really kind of played up that film noir style, especially in this episode. I will say this though. To it, kill ha me. it had a uh, bit of a clearer Linus moment than the last one. Did it? <laughs> I mean, Bullock, you know, he has his little, uh, he thinks Batman there at the end. He's not all that bad. Are, are we hearing do we actually hear Anthony's shoulder being dislocated from trying to reach so hard? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he realizes think... that him being a jerk like almost got him killed, but but even then he, he doesn't like... realize the true meaning of Christmas. No, and even then he's like blaming his landlord for being paranoid about it. Like, I think you know a guy. Oh, like he calls the landlord a freak. It's not a Linus moment. That's just note to self: work on debate yeah, persuasion skills before the Christmas clatter. <laughs> so, what, one thing I didn't know is this was actually based on a, a comic issue. Oh, was it? Yeah, um, Detective Comics number six hundred fifty-one by Chuck Dixon, which uh, from October ninety-two. So that's kind of cool. Like now they, that you say that it definitely plays out like like a actual comic book plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seems like one of those all the way down to the issues. the twist. Yeah, yeah, like a Scooby Doo twist almost. They even pull off a mask. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. 
You pissed so Tom, me you said it. You said you were giving this one a two. Giving it a two. It's bad. Uh yeah, two. I agree. It's bad. Yeah. I'll give it a three just because I uh, I like the music and kind of the feel of it. But yeah, and I I agree it's bad, but I don't know if I'd give it that low. I I think I'd go with a four. I'm with Jerry on this one. I'd give it a four. Uh, so I want to point something out. I want to point something out real quick. Um, I jokingly said to Julia uh, uh, that I feel woefully underqualified for tonight. Y'all are much more uh, into the Batman and series than I am. And I challenged her to see which one of us could go longer without talking. And Is that why you sh- were both so quiet? At the beginning? I thought for sure I would win. And then she had a work emergency came up, come up and left. Um, and I just want to point out that I think Julia cheated. <laughs> what's going to be great about this episode is she offered to edit it for me since i'm traveling so she's going to be editing this one <laughs> and even if she doesn't get to listen to it she'll hear that which is awesome. she'll hear me call her out for cheating i love it <laughs> oh man but yes like thank you wikipedia for wasting 24 minutes of my life <laughs> every watch this early well what else um, is wikipedia good for yeah uh, last minute papers you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Shading yes, so I, 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 I know. I, I, I was, I grew up in the age where I had Wikipedia to rely on and not encyclopedias and things like that. Yeah. yeah. You haven't lived unless you had a world book. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we think of it, which we'll find out is most assuredly a Christmas episode. So Matt, why don't you lead us into this one? Sweet. So this one is uh, season one, episode one of the new Batman adventures, AKA season three of Batman, the animated series. That's how you'll find it. If you have HBO, it's how it was boxed in uh, physical media. Uh, It is titled Holiday Nights, and it first aired September 13th, 1997. And the plot synopsis is it's uh, Christmas time again in Gotham City, and it's uh, a series of vignettes. It's three little shorts in one episode, and we find out how everybody, uh, heroes, villains, are uh, ringing in the holiday. Uh, First off, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy uh, team up. And they kidnap Bruce Wayne because they want to use his credit cards to do Christmas shopping and treat themselves. <laughs> and uh, then in uh, the next episode on Christmas Eve, Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya are uh, undercover as Santa and an elf in a department store. <laughs> it would never happen that they would let Harvey Bullock or Renee Montoya with their guns and everything be undercover as Santa and an elf. But whatever, because there's a whole bunch of... Uh, shoplifting going on and uh barbara gordon is there as well shopping and it turns out that it is clayface and then in the final vignette uh got uh the joker has decided that in the new year he is not going to kill anybody for a whole year so he's got to kill as many people as he possibly can (laughs) before midnight and devises a way to kill lots and lots of people before midnight uh, and Batman and Robin have to swoop in and save the day. 
And okay, not to jo- not to jump to the end, but that's such a Joker thing. I vow not yeah. to kill anyone in the new year, which is why I have to pump as many people as I can before midnight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that part yeah. feels like they pulled it straight from the Gotham City anniversary segment of the first of Batman '89. Mm. Like that's immediately what I thought of. It's very similar. Yeah. 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 Um, I also thought of Batman Returns though because they're little. Uh, this city was very sparsely populated in their version of Gotham Square. Like there were five yeah. people out oh, yeah. hanging around and dancing, which is like Batman Returns felt very sparsely populated. Well, Batman, Batman, Bat- Batman Returns looks like it was shot on the inside of a shoebox. So <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Um, a very beautifully decorated shoebox, but a shoebox. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's Holiday Nights. Uh, the the first one, like I said, Harley and uh, Ivy, they're bored. Harley really wants a Christmas tree, and Ivy says she can't have one because she'll be contributing to tree mass genocide. And I don't <laughs> understand why she couldn't just grow one for you know, but whatever. And they kidnap right, like that's a really bad plot line because Poison Ivy can always grow the things that she needs to grow. Right. Yeah. She just grown her Christmas or you tree. know what? Get a fake tree. Or get a fake tree. You know. You know. Um, uh, no tree. trees are hurt. <laughs> I'll say though, I loved this plot line. I loved the montage with the Christmas music as it going around shopping, and Bruce oh, is yeah. essentially their little and Bruce sleeve. is under uh, Poison Ivy's spell because she has her <laughs> control men spell. And yep. uh, oh yeah, yeah. Or, you know, chemical that she uses. The lipstick, yeah. Thought it was really good animation, though. Like, you could see Bruce fighting it behind the eyes Mm -hmm. the entire time. Like, not wanting to sign. Oh, he was so, like, the one where they keep handing him the receipts to sign. And he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) but he doesn't have a choice. Can we talk about what a downgrade, though, this Ivy animation is compared to the traditional animated series, the original animated series? It's really bad. She looks younger, which is weird. Yeah. (laughs) But she is no longer, like, skin colored. She's, like, Joker type white. Joker, yeah. 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 Which I think was just part of the style of this series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I did. Very dehumanizing. I've always loved though the Harley, I've, Harley and Ivy team ups are always mm-hmm. fun to me. Both the animated series segment and the comics. Harley and the Ivy. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, they should have. Yeah, oh, genius. That would have been awesome. I would always complain about that until I remember. Oh, this is a three-part episode. Fine. Right, and uh, then the the uh, second segment. You know, wait, like wait, I said, wait. Before before we move to the second segment, I did. Love- I did love Harley. First of all, Harley makes me laugh as a character. Jerry mm-hmm. knows I love Harley. I know he's not the biggest fan, but I love when they're fighting Batman at the toy store and they think they killed him. And Harley freaks out. She's like, oh my God, we killed him. Oh, well. And Poison Ivy's like, we were going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love giant Christmas tree falls on them and Ivy looks over at Harley and she's like, are you happy now? And Harley's just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I like Harley in this. I, I think they just have overused her the last like 20 years. Mm. So, I mean, this was still, she still kind of felt fresh. I feel that know? way about Bane too. Both were new characters from the 90s. Yeah. Mm. But I always found Bane overrated as a character. So, a little bit. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the second segment is the one where, um, oh man, we lost Tom too. Oh my God. Everybody. Oh, Julia's back, back though. though. Oh, Julia's back though. She I see conveniently her. came back after we stopped talking about the bad one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, indeed. Uh, the, the second segment, uh, Montoya, Bullock, undercover. Bullock is a really shoddy mall Santa. Okay. Was it, was that vomit on his Santa suit? That's what it was supposed to be. Or right? food. Ugh. Yeah, probably food. It was most likely <laughs> maybe, food. Maybe alcohol. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, and the only kid he really was nice to was the the kid that uh, he put her father in jail. Um, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Barbara Gordon is in the store shopping, and uh, she notices that it's little kids doing all the shoplifting. And it turns out the little kids are just Clayface who has ripped himself into pieces and disguised himself as little kids. And I love how she just you know, changes I, in the aisles. I, of that's the right, I was store. about to bring that up. I appreciate that. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you never see them actually get into their bed. Well, not only that, it obviously <laughs> couldn't be under her clothes because she was wearing, like, a skirt. So you could see, mm-hmm. like, her legs, you know. And so she had so to she get just keeps a, in her... She just keeps a suit in her purse, I guess. I, I loved, I loved on the animated show Batgirl. Like, they mm-hmm. made her so cool. Like, especially mm-hmm. compared to... Yeah, yeah, Grayson's Robin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I I really liked her uh, on the show, and I just and like so the it's her and Montoya and Bullock, and they take down Clayface, and that's really there's not anything else to that episode, really. No, that when he yeah. when he sweet. is when he is out though, when they're on the ice, and Barbara Gordon yells at them to shoot, <laughs> don't waste your ammo, shoot the Santa, and Bullock like looks terrified at Montoya. <laughs> You wouldn't. <laughs> She's like, not you, you that don't have Santa. <laughs> the hanging one with the lights. Like, and, I don't understand why the movies don't put more of these established cops from the show and the comics in yeah. around Gordon yeah. more often. I hope they do. I hope Matt Reeves does that, but we'll see. Hmm. And then our third segment is on New Year's Eve. Like I said, Joker is vowed to kill as many people as he can before midnight, before he gives up killing for a whole year as his New Year's resolution. <laughs> and um, he uh, gets this like sound bomb, basically, that sets off a certain sound that is at such a frequency that it'll make your head explode or something. And he's going to set it off at midnight in Gotham Square. And uh, his plan is to hide himself by giving everybody in Gotham Square Joker masks. And Batman and Robin obviously catch him anyway. Can we talk about how disturbing that is, by the way? Because in this world, the Joker is a mass murderer, psychotic mass murderer, and everyone's partying in Times Square with wearing his face. Well, like Mike was saying, they all went to his parade in 89 as well. They did. Well, he was true. throwing out cash during that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Money, money. Who do you trust? Get <laughs> <laughs> away from Bob money. And where is the Batman? He's at home. <laughs> Who watches it his tights? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and so, yeah, they they stop Joker. And then in one of my favorite things in any Batman iteration ever uh gordon shows up at this little uh bar and grill pub whatever it is 
and he meets Batman for a cup of coffee and, you know, they do their, here's to survival. Here's hoping we're doing the same thing next New Year's Eve. And Gordon says, all right, now, Joe, I'll take one of your famous cheesesteaks to go. And I'll, and when he turns around, Batman's gone. He's left the money on the table. And Gordon says, yep. one of these years, I'm going to beat him to the check. <laughs> I love that scene. Like, I, I love too. that's a little yeah. between the two of them. Yep. Like, you know what? We survived yeah. another year. They Let's do it every year. It's it. their tradition. Joe even says, you know, I heard your friend has a rough night. He's probably not going to show up. And Gordon says, and break our tradition. In fact, if I'm right, that's him right there. And Batman comes in. <laughs> he comes in through the back. Through the back. He comes in yeah. through the kitchen, which I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like this episode. This episode felt Christmassy to me. Really Christmassy to me. The Harley yeah. and Ivy stuff, the, their montage during the first segment. Yeah. Uh, even if you can't imagine them putting Bullock as an undercover Santa, I love sure. the idea of him yeah. in Montoya no, oh, as yeah, Santa. And, idea, an elf. Yeah. <laughs> and they even had the New Year segment. This one felt very Christmassy to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Sure did. Well, and and like because it was those three separate storylines, it reminded me of like in the 80s, DC had uh, Christmas with the superheroes, where they literally just collected like like five or six uh christmas comics from like the last 15 or 20 years and put them together in like one big omnibus and so um, and then i think in 92 they released another one but it reminded me a lot of that as well so i i don't know i just it felt very Christmassy. did this one have a linus moment do y'all think no no i don't think so nope i am gonna give this one a 10 really I I i don't know if i'd go that high no, you know I'll what? Go 8.5. No. I'm, I'm gonna go in with a seven and a half. I'm going to nine, actually. I'm tying it. Mm, no, I can't tie it with Christmas of the Joker. I'm going to eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got ten, ten. Do I hear nine, nine, nine? Anybody got on eight? I got a seven. I got a seven. I got a seven. I got a I'd go an eight. Yeah. Yeah. If the middle segment wasn't kind of short and sweet and not right. super eventful. I'd they could have they could have given us two longer segments with them one two, but but it's cold in the middle. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a six. That gives us an Maybe. average of an eight. And I must ask Julia, since she just reappeared, what would you give yes. Christmas with the Joker? Did you like that one um, overall in general? I I liked parts of that one, but I didn't love joker parts which i get is like most of it but the, i will say the, the title of the episode is I know. I, know. Joker. So I, I watched these in reverse order which might not have been appropriate oh. but oh, i was trying yeah. to be kind to friends who may also have been using the same streaming platform and just trying to avoid overlap so i'm like i'm gonna be smart and go backwards um and so it threw me off seeing really unfortunate Joker from this episode and then getting to like the Joker mm-hmm. who I expected to see in the very first episode. Um, so I think I was a little out of whack, but I loved the It's a Wonderful Life stuff between Batman and Robin in the first one. And that felt extraordinarily Christmassy to me. So yeah, like that part of it. What would you give it? Um, so Christmas with the Joker gets a seven from me. You broke our trend. Every person gave it a nine. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. All right. Okay. 
Julian will still come out the fan favorite in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how how beloved the episode is, Julian gives it a seven. All of a sudden, our listeners are going to be like, yeah, yeah, it's a seven. It's not as good as we thought it was. I don't think I have that. What you got to do? And then a bullet for Bullock got a two. (laughs) Yeah, you're the same as Tom. Yeah, none of us really (laughs) like that one. Are just back just in time because you are assigned comfort and joy to talk about that one, Julia. How about Which that? Is the so Justice League one. That's our Justice League one. Um, season two, episode 23. If you want to hunt it up after the fact, you listening to this. Um, this first aired in December of 2003, December 13th to be specific. And here's our plot synopsis. After successfully preventing two planets from colliding with one another, saving both of their populations, the Justice League, looking forward to the Christmas season, disassembles for the holiday break. Green Lantern decides to stay behind on the snow-covered alien planet to celebrate the holiday with Hot Girl. The Flash makes his annual visit to the Central City Orphanage and, when trying to secure the hot new toy for the children, becomes distracted by the villain Ultra Humanite. And mm-hmm. Superman insists that Martian Manhunter comes to Smallville with him to spend Christmas with his family so he won't be alone for the holidays. I'll just say right now, the Superman Martian Manhunter stuff is like so amazing and sweet. Uh, I'm yeah, guessing spoiler amazing. alert, the whole episode is I love the this whole one. episode is very really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I even even though the uh, Green Lantern hot girl parts aren't exactly Christmassy, I like the idea of uh cultural exchange like i've always i have uh, a friend who is for example muslim and i've always been like man i'd really like to try out celebrating like those holidays or like celebrate like a real hanukkah and so hot girl instead of celebrating christmas says to green lantern like well, we don't really have holidays on Thanagar, but we party really hard when we <laughs> win a good battle. So how about you come to me to this place where we celebrate battle? And I, I like that idea really well. Cause you know, there, that's, I think, you know, and I think Matt's the, just inviting everybody to go pick fights with him at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I will cry. You will win if you if you pick a fight. With me. I'm a big wimp. So uh, go ahead. Um, Nobody's going to pick a fight with Santa, guys. Come on. Uh, exactly. You better not. Challenge yeah. accepted. 
<laughs> Although I should probably not say that I'm going uh, in October to a big regional uh, brotherhood of the real bearded Santa convention. Oh, you're so going to an probably... Iberbs convention? I am. I oh, am. So that's I should... cool. I should probably chill before I go to that on threatening Santas. Yeah. <laughs> I will be cool. woefully out, out, outnumbered. Yep. Um, now they know you're coming. Crap. Uh-oh. I hope you try if to you're get... you're looking for me, real bearded Santas, my name is Jerry Davila <laughs> in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he can defend himself. Todd Killian. <laughs> the, the I really like the Flash stuff in this episode mm-hmm. too. How every year he makes a trip to the orphanage. The farting yeah. duck. Totally. DJ Rubber Ducky. The farting DJ Rubber Ducky. Duck. Which how funny is it that Ultra Humanite classes it up? When he yeah. <laughs> so when he's, that's brilliant. the best part. He has it. He reprograms it to tell the Nutcracker, and, the and nutcracker. all the kids are mesmerized. Yeah, by they're it originally disappointed it. that it's not like the farting duck anymore, and then all of a sudden they're like, "This is awesome!" They're like sitting there just wrapped <laughs> by the story of the Nutcracker. And Flash gets in a good line. I kind of liked it when he made the poopy noise. <laughs> <laughs> So, you but, know, we were, we were talking at the beginning about how, like, for me, the art got so bad in this, I couldn't really stand it. Yes. Yeah. You know, the scene where the Flash is pulling all of the plugs out and programming everything here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very beginning, yeah. Y'all, if, if you have any question about how just how bad the art animation is in this, please just go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole show screams 2003. Yeah. <laughs> When CGI was new and terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but my favorite plot in this episode, and I would, if I was a betting man, I'd say it was probably Julius too, was Superman John. bringing uh, Martian Manhunter home yeah. the ho- yeah. for the holidays. So, yeah. Julia, you know, do you know about Martian Manhunter's character? I don't. I was going to ask, like, I had a few questions on this one Ooh. because... One is Ultra Humanite just like the DC version of Beast. Uh, Ultra Humanite is he was uh, really a super good. smart dude. He, uh, well, he's highly kind of, intelligent. He's highly animal. intelligent. He was a person once upon a yeah. time. He had his huh. brain I mean, I guess that, That's actually a really good analogy. Like Beast. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. A little bit he, I guess Plus he sounds like Kelsey like Grammer a little bit. In the yeah. He does. <laughs> yeah, he and does. then. Uh, Martian Manhunter, uh, Jean Jones, he is the, uh, a little bit like Superman, he's the sole survivor of a dead planet, Uh, all the, there were green Martians and white Martians, and there was a huge war, and everybody died, and Jean survived and came to Earth, and he's a shapeshifter, which is in the episode and everything like that, and he, uh, Martians are, are very, unlike Superman, who is alien and raised on earth and looks like a person and everything jean is it feels very disconnected from humanity um because martians experienced everything very differently than Mm -hmm. um, so uh and that shows up and he you know with his i have no connection to this holiday yeah he's a very sad lonely character he's very Mm -hmm. philosophical but he's a very big-hearted character yeah okay so are they all like that like vulcans or is it just him well, I mean, the rest I'm crossing of the planet, my streams here, but well, like, I'm well, trying to put this. We don't see much of the rest of his. 
people most of the time, except in flashbacks. But it, it, they're but they're they did sort of, have like love and connections with it was it's yeah. mostly just his connection with Earth. Yeah, his connection with Earth is just very detached because he has no people left and he feels very lonely and he feels like Earth culture is just so alien from his own because he's yeah. an alien, you know. Um, but I love I love it. Speaking of alien, I love in the episode when when Clark brings uh John home to his parents and he like and he's like, you know, hi Mrs. Kent, uh Clark was insistent oh, yeah. that i come i i hope i'm not a burden oh and i'm a martian and they're just like <laughs> and they're just like well we're no strangers to aliens in this house come on in you know just yeah. very mon pa ken yep. like come on it in. was yeah yeah uh i'll say this and i know this is probably an unpopular opinion actually i don't know i'm more of a fan when pa kent is not in the picture like because Donner Superman, like yeah, was, no, one, I like was my right. Superman. So I like I like when it's just Ma Kent and Pa mm. Kent has. But mm. it worked in this episode. <laughs> it, it worked in this episode though. So I'm not I, gonna say it didn't. One of my favorite things I saw online once upon a time was like a screenshot of this uh from when uh she says we used to have to wrap his presents in lead in paper lead. so he couldn't mm-hmm. spy on them, and he goes you mean Santa wrapped them and she's like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Santa wrapped them. And somebody wrote, why can we acknowledge that Superman is a grown man that still believes in Santa? And somebody wrote, why wouldn't he believe in Santa? He's an alien from another planet. He hangs out with aliens. Well, not and just that, he met go- Santa. Yeah, Remember that song? He did, he did. Not just he met- that, yep. it is canon in the DC universe that Santa goes to Apocalypse every year sneaks all the way through the defenses of apocalypse just to give dark side a piece of coal and run away <laughs> it's, it's fantastic you've never uh, read those panels it's so funny oh highly <laughs> highly recommend i Absolutely. do love those. but there are so many there are so many so many comics where, where you see superman with santa right like yeah yeah it's yeah yeah, and I think no, that was a big a great, kids great scene. Superman is that was in this awesome episode. And then later he goes like, to with peek the lights. at his presence. He does, and, just, yeah. and all you see is him going, lead. lead. <laughs> I, I love him with the lights where Pa Ken calls upstairs. I'm going to plug in the Christmas tree. Hey, that's my job. And he, run, <laughs> he runs out of the room like a little kid. And- but it's all, it's all beautifully kind of set against Jean not understanding like john just sits down in the room yeah. and the cat comes in and he goes pity uh, and the cat runs away from him and then he kind of disapparates and flies around <laughs> and like he watches clark peeking in his presence and he doesn't get it and then he goes out into town and he doesn't get it and then finally he discovers all the people singing and it kind of yeah. clicks with him because he finds the singing very beautiful, which is what the episode ends on when he's alone in his bedroom singing <clears throat> and he's like petting the cat because the cat finally accepts him and mm-hmm. all the Kents are in the hallway. And Clark just says, and he said he didn't bring us any presents because, you know, he's just. He also had singing. that nice moment where uh, he reaches down the chimney and takes the cookies for, from the. Uh... Manhunter loves Oreos. In the <laughs> that little girl, he does. Really... Yeah, that's like his thing. Yep. There was Although they're split... not called Oreos. I forget what they're called. Well, they're, yeah, but they're Oreos. You know, yeah, what I mean. but basically yeah, sandwich yeah. cookies. Yeah, yeah. 
There was a split second in there where the girl looked really evil. <laughs> That's my takeaway. That was my takeaway. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also the bit where uh, uh, Ma Kent gives him a sweater and yeah. she's like, oh, I wasn't sure about the size. Oh, yeah. He just, I'll grow into it. <laughs> I also like what little bit we got to learn of Superman in this one. Like he learns a little bit about Superman. Like, hey, I've never heard you talk this way before. And Superman says, this is why I like coming home. I can truly be myself here and relax. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And he mm-hmm. becomes a little kid, basically. I mean, this yes. is... This is the one that I would say to your listeners, like, even if you don't love superheroes, if you love Christmas, watch this episode. Like, I agree. Yeah. Superman, though, is always like, I always love that about Superman, Mike, how much of a, uh, generally a mama's boy he is. Like, he's such a good, a good boy. He's like such a good son. Like, he's the big blue boy scout. Yeah, Yeah, he's a boy scout. Um, I love this one. This one had tons of Linus moments, multiple Linus yeah. moments. Yeah, this one definitely had a Linus moment. Each like each pairing had a Linus moment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. So I don't know a lot about Green Lantern either. Um, and while that was my least favorite of mm-hmm. the the pairings, just because the hot girl stuff took like a right turn i was not expecting (laughs) at all um i really liked hearing green lantern talk about his christmases and what that was like when he was a kid and the same way we do right we get very reflective Mm -hmm. in those moments in the holidays that's why we love it so much um and i really liked that that felt winacy and at the end when she's grateful that he was willing to like you said matt experience her traditions as well well we Um, didn't even talk much about the the part in uh the 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 flash episode where flash basically convinces ultra humanite to to be kind to the kids because the kids have a chance to be the future you know they're blank slates and and ultra humanite says well i can't pass up a chance to to better the better the future because his whole thing is he thinks you know, he's, he's only a criminal. His whole thing is he thinks he's so elevated and everything that he thinks everything is a downfall and that humanity's kind of in ruin and he can save it. Uh, but then like right at the end, when Flash puts the aluminum Christmas tree in his jail cell and uh, ultra humanite, he tries to play it cool. He goes, oh, aluminum Christmas tree. And Flash is like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's He's like, no, no, it's like one I had when, well, thank you. And then Flash leaves and Ultra Humanite just sits down and he flicks on the yeah. light to reflect off the aluminum Christmas tree. The color Flash wheel, kind yeah. of peeks back in and just smiles as Ultra Humanite <laughs> just sits there and enjoys his Christmas tree. Uh, wonderful. I do want to say while Green Lantern and Hawker weren't my favorite, I did love the moments where Green Lantern specifically was teaching her about earth traditions like yeah. and if, mm-hmm. i did get a chuckle when he makes a snow angel and he's like look at my wings and she just kind of stares down at it because she has the real <laughs> yeah he actually has wings yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, their snowball fights fun to watch too yeah yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah that yeah. snowball fight was really fun that was cute and then he's a total kid when he plays in the snow she comments yeah. on it yeah she i forget what she says something about like like this is what gives you joy like you fly through space all the time but sliding down a snowy hill makes you shriek like a child (laughs) (laughs) always would one in a snowball fight buddy or a green lantern (laughs) 
I mean, I Buddy know, has that Christmas know. Santa magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Buddy's got this one, no matter how many green hands can pop out of the snow. I think Buddy's got this one. <laughs> um, and for our watch. listeners, Batman and Wonder Woman are not in this episode because they're on Watchtower duty. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, like, for Batman's character. Doesn't like the holidays. He'd rather spend it alone yeah. at the mm-hmm. Watchtower. Doing well, yeah, work. And Superman said that he practically begged for it, which is classic <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Away from Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I and I think it's funny that the most Christmassy of the four episodes we covered is the one with the without Scrooge essentially the one yeah. who, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and yeah even though they're not in the episode I did always like the flirtatious stuff between Wonder Woman and Batman in this series yeah yeah Watchtower duty Watchtower <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're calling it now <laughs> um this one though. With reeked of Christmas at Linus Month. I'm giving this one a 10. Same. Same. Yep. I'm gonna be the weirdo who likes Christmas with the Joker better, and I'm gonna give it a I'll give it an eight and a half. Wow. Okay. okay. So for those who've been following along at home, comfort and joy and our DC anime universe comes in at first place, followed by Did Christmas you not with the Joker. Ask Tom? Oh, I thought he said 10. I thought I heard you say 10, Tom. I'm sorry. Matt said, "Oh, and it. now I'm giving it a two. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep the math simple, and uh, I'll go with the same thing. Well, I not keep the math simple. I'm gonna screw things up, but I'm giving it a nine as well. Nine, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's, it's gonna enough, come in. Enough. It's gonna come in on the same level as uh, Christmas with the Joker. It comes in just above it at nine point six seven. All right." And then Christmas with the Joker at 8.3, Holiday Nights at 8, and then a bullet for Bullock at 2.67. And that's where it belongs. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Wikipedia, for making us waste our time. I wouldn't call it a total waste of time. It was was still enjoyable, just not as enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, it's just not one you would watch at Christmas with the rest of them. Yeah, sure. No, sure. Well, I might now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this is one definitely I'd watch for, for the during the Christmas it, octave. Right, save it during the week <laughs> after Christmas Day proper. It's a good Boxing Day episode. Beautiful go. New Year's, beautiful New Year's Eve. Right, there you go. start mm-hmm. start a tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did get a lot of excitement on it. social media when we said we were covering these though because Good. i guess especially christmas with the joker which will all of a sudden go down in people's estimations again because of julia but i think there's a lot of excitement <laughs> about that. she is an influencer here's the thing, she, she is an influencer. Here's the thing. if yeah. i had been in the recording when y'all were all talking about it i'm guarantee you my rating would have been higher because that's how it is right when we get yeah. people that love it yeah, and have passion true. for it explaining it to me it would it boosted my score so that one really is a detriment to me having to step out um so i didn't get all y'all's good knowledge we missed you we did miss you <laughs>
um, curious to see what uh, listeners think of how we rank these episodes and where they would rank them. So where can they do that, Tom? Online. Preferably, <laughs> we would like you to rank and review us on iTunes. Yes. Uh, or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every review helps people find us. Um, be honest. Tell us what you think. We'll give you a shout out on our podcast and send you a sticker, which reminds me, we still have a couple of negative reviews that we've gotten and those people have not given us their addresses for their stickers yet. So bummed so, about that. I'll take hmm. theirs. <laughs> do, you have, do you have our stickers? Nope. Dude, you oh, need God. stickers. You need stickers and pens. Gimme. Yep. <laughs> Julia, where else can the listeners find extra piece of podcast content? Well, for those of you out there that have heard Matt's voice before, thank you for being patrons of our Patreon site. Um, so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, um, if you want some more Tis podcast content that veers outside of the Christmas realm and sometimes stays in the Christmas realm as well, you can find that content at patreon.com or you can use the handy dandy to the podcast.com backslash Patreon. And it is a paid access site. So for as little as a dollar a month, it gets you access to all of that content. And there's quite a bit. Some of it finds its way to our main feed, but there is a ton of stuff in there, especially if you're a Batman fan, uh, if you are an office fan, if you're a listen to us ramble fan, a few of those on there as well. <laughs> um, and it's a nice place for us to do a little smoke testing of different ideas before they maybe hit the main feed. So if you like little behind the curtain peeks at what we do, it's a good place to get it to. Um, so it go is, check we, it out. We actually There's- vetted we actually use it to vet people like Matt twice before we let them on the, on the <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> there are different levels of giving and the higher you get in the level of giving, it gives you the ability to pick a movie and come co-host with us as well. So lots of fun stuff there. Check it out. Um, we are not going anywhere on the free feed though. So just think of it as a cherry on top. And if you want more bonus content on top of that, free bonus content every Thursday, check your main feeds for a chapter of the Christmas story I wrote, Another Christmas Story, which is being read by listeners and hosts of your favorite Christmas podcasts, including Jerry D and Mike Westfall and Tom and Julia and tons of people you've heard on the show before. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. Um, you know, I feel like people have been trying to one-up one another with their voices and accents and stuff, which has been really fun. Uh, uh, Ron Hogan still did the best central casting New York accent out of everyone though. So just calling that out there. Good job, President Hot Dog. Um, But yeah, check it out and give me feedback because, you know, I'd appreciate it. I think we should all, we should all now try to be as monotone as possible on the next few chapters. That'd be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) see who can Uh, out out robot each other (laughs) uh so coming up on the main show though in our regular monday episodes we have another special guest joining us next week charlene lewis is joining us for the best man holiday everyone loves charlene this will be our Mm -hmm. first time on an episode proper which is insane to me Really? And she is gonna be a judge. I vote that we postpone (laughs) her involvement until um, after until after she thoroughly (laughs) judges Anthony. There we go. That'll work. 
You're welcome, Todd. Uh, me and Todd have a little side bet. So if, for those of you who don't know who are listening, Todd and I, uh, Todd and I and Kim Cooper of Planning for Christmas are going to be facing off in Todd's very popular uh, Christmas debate episode game, The Merry Melee. And Todd and I have a side bet going on. Whoever, whoever comes in below the other person will donate $50 to the charity of the other person's choice. So Nice. nice. And you both are going up against Kim? Yep. Oh, you're both dead. i mean i haven't listened to the most recent one that's recorded but i heard a certain underdog blew somebody out of the water and that person's still very very it was bananas like (laughs) bananas i'll say is this tom i look forward to seeing you in the season finale finals i don't think that's gonna happen and if it does we've already been there and done that anyway (laughs) <laughs> uh jerry and mike and matt this has been a blast how about y'all oh plug your gosh. podcasts again for listeners uh yeah check out uh two broke geeks and the fbi's most unwanted they're everywhere you'll find them yeah you can find me uh and totally rad christmas the podcast that i host a christmas uh, uh, a podcast about all things christmas in the 80s anywhere you get your podcasts i'm at uh on facebook and instagram at uh Totally Rad Christmas, and on Twitter at Rad Christmas. Find Everything. the Advent it's Calendar impressive. House very conveniently at adventcalendar.house. Uh, and <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Fall West Mike. I hang out there. And I, I can, and I'm sure Julie and Tom will agree, check out all these shows because they're all great. Jerry, don't you have some exciting news? Christmas is almost here. There's only 3,000 hours. Right on the button. Uh, that's 125 days, y'all. Wow, that's only 17 weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And we get you know what's also awesome? Me, Tom, and Julie can just react like we have done the whole episode because these three have just done all our work for us tonight. Y'all were amazing. Yeah, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which one of you three wants to edit now? Not me. I got I got my own to do. And on that note, do your homework, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank y'all so much. Good night. It was fun. It was. Bye. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those holiday J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those happy J-I-N-G-L-E B-E-L-L-S. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making our spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. What 
fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Those holiday J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Those happy J-I-N-G-L-E-B-E-L-L-S. I love those jingle bells. 